Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, well, if the Lakers win tonight, the Lakers have their opponent. Thing is, Lakers have to win tonight. Let's start with the news of the day, and it is that, according to now, multiple reports, all expectations are that Anthony Davis is going to be good to go for Game 6 tonight in whatever name you want to call the arena that the Lakers are going to play in. Um, Look, there is a lot to this, right? I have talked about the reaction to AD potentially taking a or, 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 you know, getting a concussion, I have talked about the notion of concussions. I've talked about some of the kind of fishy business that has gone on here. Um, The reaction to the fishy business that wasn't necessarily consistent with the fishy business with Draymond Green's uh, banging his own head on the floor. Uh, All of it, right? I just think there is no way to remain unbiased in the situation and just analyze it for what it is. And what it is, is Anthony Davis, according to several reports, suffered a head injury after Kevon Looney's forearm made contact with his temple, right? We all saw it. He looked dazed. He kind of wobbled off of the floor, went back there to the sideline and, and, you know, was put on a wheelchair and went back to the locker room, whereupon he underwent treatment went back to the team bus under his own weight and apparently made progress. That's all we know. Whether, depending on what side you're on, right? Golden State fans are going to say, wait, that was a clear concussion. What we saw was a concussion. This guy should not be ready to go. And fine, you want to hold that stance, cool. But don't pretend you're out here like concerned about Anthony Davis's well-being. You don't want Anthony Davis to be available for this game six because it improves your team's chances at winning. Um, if you are unbiased in some shape or form, right? You're not a Warriors fan. You're not a Lakers fan. And you're looking at at the information that we have been presented. And you're saying, wait a second. That doesn't add up. Perfectly fine. <laughs> Perfectly fine. Part of me is right there with you. Uh, most of me, to be completely honest, is right there with you. I do think that the information that we have right now doesn't necessarily add all the way up, but that's kind of how head stuff works. We don't really know the impact that went on here. It was not, you know, a situation where AD was knocked out cold. He didn't bang his head on the floor um, in the same way that like Tua did when he suffered the first concussion that led to a concussion that was so severe, we saw his ha- his hands do the stuff that his hands did with that second one, right? Um, we, we do not know. And, uh, you know, because of the way that the Lakers handled this, again, Dan Wojcicki called it intentionally vague. Uh, and I think that phrasing is important here. And I trust Dan. Dan has been on the show. I like Dan. Dan's a good guy and a very good reporter. Um, when he notes that it felt intentionally vague, that is worth kind of keeping in the back of your head. And, you know, Dave McMenamin said that there was no talk of concussions um, after 
uh, Davis got back to the locker room, whether that was intentional so that AD could avoid concussion protocol or whatever is is fair to wonder about because everybody directly involved with this has been incredibly vague. And when you are that kind of vague, you allow other people to tell your story for you, right? And And that's been, by the way, how, and I've talked about this in the past, Clutch specifically has handled injury information, right? Kendrick Nunn had a bone bruise, a contusion, right? That kept him out the entire year. And throughout the entirety of, uh, the entirety of that year, we got vague update after vague update after vague update. And finally, it was like, yeah, no, we don't expect him to be back when there was like a month left in this season. <laughs> so, uh, and by the way, Clutch is by no means... Uh, the exception to the rule here. I think for the most part with these professional athletes, they would prefer to keep this injury information under wraps as much as possible. And again, if what you were worried about is Anthony Davis's well-being, which should be the focus still, and you're saying this, all of this doesn't necessarily add up, and Davis, uh, we, we saw him clearly dazed, and to say that that guy was not concussed and now all of a sudden he is ready to go 48 hours later, that doesn't necessarily make sense. That is a perfectly fair stance to take. Uh, I, I don't have a retort, to be completely honest. I saw all of that stuff. I processed all of that same information. And I, for the most part, wind up at that same answer. Uh, the, my hands are tied here. You know, if, it was, if this was a football team, and they handled it this way, we would be really criticizing the way that the football team handled all of this. We would. We can, we can be honest about this. It, it does serve Lakers fans' preference here that AD is, is, is available for Game 6, but it is impossible to like look at the information as it was presented and be like, yeah, no, the, everything totally makes sense. Um, the thing is, though, we don't have all the information. So while that is probably the logical destination with the information that we have been given. We don't have all of the information. We haven't heard from Anthony Davis on how he feels. We haven't heard directly from team doctors or league doctors or anybody saying that Davis has, has not suffered any further um, concussion related symptoms over the last 24 hours. We haven't heard any of that, right? And, and, you know, whether you want to say that we, you know, and Warriors fans, I would imagine, are going to say, yeah, we haven't heard that because people are intentionally keeping that information from us by way of not admitting he had a concussion. You know, that's, that's your deal. My only thing is, if you're a Warriors fan saying that, you also have to cop to your saying that because Anthony Davis thoroughly impacts the likelihood that your favorite team is going to win in game six and eventually the series. So, yeah, a lot of this is tinged by the outcome that we want with this situation. There is zero way whatsoever to avoid that statement. That is just objectively true. That how you were looking at this and, and the math that you have done on this information that we have, and it is incomplete information, again, that the math that you are doing this is going to be tinged by your biases here. Period. <laughs> That is, the, the, you cannot argue with that statement, no matter what your biases or, you know, quote unquote, lack thereof might be. So all I can say is that the Lakers and their team doctors, which, you know, 
brings unto itself a whole bunch of questions right there and then, right? Team doctors makes me feel a little iffy. But the Lakers are saying, and Anthony Davis apparently is willing to play in game six. So you have an adult who is willing to go out there and give it a go. And we have seen, by the way, um, like when it comes to these situations, and this is why, you know, I, I, I would probably say that we probably need a little bit more oversight in sports, specifically for head injuries that is not league or team related, right? Because the league is going to want Anthony Davis available for one of the bigger games of their season. I would argue that game six, if if there isn't a game seven, game six between the Lakers and Warriors is probably going to be uh, the most watched game this season, even beyond the finals, I would even say, um, depending on the matchup. But yeah, I, the, the league is going to look at this a certain way. The Lakers clearly are going to want Anthony Davis out there. Anthony Davis himself is going to want to be out there. Like that's the problem that you run into with all of this stuff is that you have a whole bunch of people who are all inclined, thoroughly inclined, I would go so far to say, to want a certain outcome here. And they are going to do what they can with the information that allows you to land at that outcome because there is no impartial oversight here. There is not. So, um, you know, I, I don't know what to say here other than AD is going to give it a go. The Lakers have uh, apparently cleared him to give it a go. Uh, the league decided that he did not need to go into concussion protocol, which is a decision of their own that they can make one way or the other. Uh, it's not like the Lakers are going to tell them, no, we don't want him in concussion protocol. That's not how this necessarily works. So all of all, you know, the result here is what the result is. That's, that's really it. That's all we can do with it. That's all we can identify is the result. And AD is going to give it a go. And we're going to see how this thing goes. And and we all have to kind of hope that this is medically the right decision to make. And and look, like the other thing too, money does corrupt. You know, <laughs> uh, bosses do corrupt. But doctors also operate with their own oaths as it pertains to medicine. And um, one would hope that they would hold tight to those oaths uh, above what their employers would tell them to, you know, how to paint a certain situation. And, and, you know, look, football has gotten in trouble with that, right? They've lost a lawsuit over this. Um, and, and basketball has not had to deal with that kind of a thing. So at the end of the day, again, your stance on this, I could talk to 53 different people and they could all give me their version of analysis here, right? And everybody is going to have their opinion on this. And for the most part, there are like very few non-offensive stances that I would find myself outright disagreeing with. Lakers fans are going to say, He's cleared. He wants to play. He's going to play. That's how this should play. Okay. Yeah. 
I see that. Warriors fans are going to be like, we saw him stumble. Yeah. Yeah, I can't disagree with that either. Unbiased people are going to be like, we've seen professional sports treat, you know, head injuries with less respect than they probably should. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with that either. So um, I, I am not myself a doctor. I am not myself unbiased here. All I can tell you is that heading into game six, Anthony Davis is going to play, and it is kind of what it is. All right, with that out of the way, <laughs> there is a huge game tonight, a monster of a game. Frankly, the Lakers season plays out tonight. Uh, again, like I have said, all series and coming into the series, I thought that there was a very specific script that the Lakers had to follow here. I think I said specific. Uh, no, there is a very specific script that the Lakers had to follow coming into the series. Thus far, they have followed it. They won game one, lost game two, as you would probably expect, won games three and four, lost game five, again, as you would likely expect, and now have an opportunity to win this series at home. And if they lose this, this game here in game six and go back to Golden State, chances I unfortunately have to say are, I think they would probably lose this series. So this is it. This, uh, you know, just like game four, honestly, it, 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 I see this playing out very similarly to game four where the Warriors in that game knew that they had to win that one to avoid going down 3-1 and and offer up a stranglehold on the series to the Lakers. Um, in, in this one, the, the Lakers know that if they lose this one, the momentum swings right back to, by the way, the team that comes into this just as desperate as they were in Game 4, just as desperate as they were in Game 5, a game that they won, and now uh, come into this one again with their backs up against the wall. So if the Lakers are going to win this one, um, it, they're going to have to earn it, and they're going to have the kitchen sink thrown at them all over again. The Lakers have, have just like everybody else, have had trouble with Steph pick and rolls. Guess what, everybody? We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna be spoon fed uh, Steph pick and rolls. The the Lakers have have um, you know tried to find counters to the, the the Warriors playing super small and you know playing really physically, be and, and getting allowed to play super physically because they are smaller. Guess what? That's probably going to be the case again. You know, Draymond Green is going to start this game this very same way that he started last game. Maybe not offensively. Offensively, that's one of the better games that Draymond has has played in recent memory. But defensively, you bet your ass he's going to be fouling the shit out of Anthony Davis. You bet your ass that he's going to try to pick up a T and then dare the, the the referees to call a second T on him because God forbid they throw out Draymond Green in this kind of a situation. He is going to continue to force referees to eliminate him from this game one way or another, whether it's through foul trouble or through technicals. Like He is going to continue to push that boundaries, th those boundaries uh, because he knows that referees in this league don't want to eliminate him unless they absolutely have to. So yeah, like that's going to happen again. Uh, the 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 moving screens and stuff that Steve Kerr got really angry that they called in in game four, 
they're going to set those same moving screens and force the Lakers to try to flop and all that stuff and get and, and bring attention to those screens. And it's going to come down to whether or not referees uh, decide they want to call it. The, um, the other stuff out there on the court, when, when the smaller Golden State team plays super physically one way and then decide to flop on certain plays, We've seen referees reward them for that. Every time Steph has defended somebody not named LeBron in the post, he has fallen backwards and gotten calls. Um, when, when Jordan Poole tried to do it, though, they didn't call it, and Rui got a layup out of it. So, yeah, I, I think uh, the way that this is called is going to go a long way in kind of deciding how this goes. And I think the Lakers have to approach this with, you don't you, you cannot anticipate getting calls because if you anticipate getting calls and then you don't get them, it forces you to like take a second to adjust. So what I think the Lakers have to do here, and it's what they haven't necessarily done specifically against the Warriors, is be the aggressor. Like Draymond starts every game playing super physically, fine. Do the exact same thing on the other side of the court. Do exactly that. And, and again, force the the referees to make it that obvious that they are going to favor the the warriors here so yeah i i I look at this game as as an opportunity here for the lakers to kind of once and for all um own this series and you know yeah they're up three two but as i talked to brady today the, the warriors still feel like they're the better team even though they have had to adjust their starting lineup three different times they're sitting there saying like, yeah, we have the more experienced coach. We have the more experienced core. We have the the deeper uh, rotation of, of role players here. Like this should, this series should be over already, except guess what? It isn't. And the Lakers can step in and, and answer all of those, those uh, talking points that Warriors and Warriors fans, Warriors players and, and members of their organization might have by saying, yeah, well, 4-2. So, yeah, th- this game tonight is going to be a fascinating one. It, it, it really, really is. It's going to be intense. We're finally, we've started to see that facade of, of uh, over-respect, I think, kind of start to, to, to slip away as the stakes have gotten more and more real over the course of the series. And I think tonight we're really going to see like the no holds barred from both sides of this, where LeBron is like goes out of his way to more physically dominate this game, where Steph goes out of his way to shut up Lakers fans and where Draymond goes out of his way to impose himself on Anthony Davis and, and remind him, Hey, I've really given you problem problems over the course of your career, and, and, and where Anthony Davis shows up and says, nope, I am the most talented player on this court. I am going to show everybody that that is the case. And then, you know, it, it's going to come down to who between those four stars um, makes their case more thoroughly and which set of role players are ready for the moment. I cannot wait. This game is going to be incredible. And even while I say I cannot wait, I'm freaking shitting myself because I'm super nervous because I don't I have no idea how this is going to play out. In terms of basketball, I'm really interested to see the approach that the Lakers take here. On one hand, they are up 3-2 in this series, and you don't want to overcorrect to a game five that you are likely going to lose anyway. That said, 
Jared Vanderbilt has really hurt the Lakers and that starting unit specifically. Um, the, the numbers are, are fairly staggering. For one thing, we've already seen his numbers dwindle over the course of the series, right? Game one, he played 25 minutes. Game two, 19. Game three, 15. Game four, 11. Game five, 10 minutes, right? And and this, by the way, is all via um, Cranjus, friend of the show, Cranjus, uh, McBasketball, at Tim underscore NBA on Twitter. Um, at, to this point, right, the, the, the offense is pretty notable when Vanderbilt is not out there. Uh, the Lakers have a 106.6 offensive reading, uh, rating in uh, Braun, AD, and Vando minutes. And, and, you know, that is not what you need when you have your two stars out there. Th- those minutes you need to really dominate, right? And then when you have LeBron, AD, and no Vando, they've had a 118 offensive rating. And uh, they're, they're, you know, uh, rim field goal percentage jumps from 60 five percent up to 70 and a half percent uh their rim frequency for lebron and ad um all that both of those numbers jump in in lebron's case he goes from 13 and a half percent to 19 and, and 19.6 percent ad goes from uh 17.4 percent to an insane 37.5 percent when when uh vando isn't out there um and again as a team it goes from 12.4 percent to uh, 19.9%. And, you know, for the Lakers, it, it is really kind of, it comes down to math, right? The Lakers are not going to out jump shoot the Warriors. So you have to get as many attempts at the rim as possible. And those minutes that Vando is out there, it has been harder for the Lakers to get to the rim. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm really curious. Maybe Vando starts. Maybe, maybe you know, we have seen Darvin Ham stick with guys um maybe a little bit longer than we are comfortable with once the adjustment becomes clear that he kind of like should make. Uh, If he doesn't, it's going to be interesting to see which direction he goes. On one hand, I personally would, would like to see Rui out there so that the Lakers still maintain that physicality and that presence out there in, in that regard. But that is a very slow lineup, right? D'Angelo Russell doesn't really have foot speed, uh, Rui doesn't have the foot speed to keep up with the, the Warriors small group. Reeves becomes your like fastest player and he is nowhere near as fast as Steph and Poole and Gary Payton the second. So like it does, like if you are going to play that way, then you have to do whatever you possibly can to slow the game down as much as you can. And, you know, sometimes that just is out of your control. That said, like the other direction the Lakers could go in is, you know, either starting Schroeder and have him kind of chase uh, Steph all over the place. You could bring in Lonnie Walker, right, who was an inject- in, in a, a real shot in the arm over the course of the series and have him chase one of Steph or Clay um, and and maybe allow uh, Russell to, to go up against, I guess that would be Wiggins? I don't know. It's kind of an awkward um, choice there. So, like, no matter what the Lakers choose here, there's there's stuff that you put onto the table. There's stuff that you take off of the table. But I think one thing is pretty clear here at this point. It's that, you know, with Golden State having realized we do not have to guard Jared Vanderbilt in the corner, um, and and with the Lakers' own players, like I, I talked about it after the game with Raj, um, also kind of knowing when the ball makes its way to the corner that, 
you know, Vanderbilt feels like he has to shoot it and everybody else on the court for the Lakers feels like he has to shoot it and everybody's kind of shoulders shrug, you know, shrink a little bit. They drop a little bit because like, ugh, please, please go in. And, and far more likely than not, it has not gone in. So, you know, the other path that the Lakers can take here is, all right, fine, we're going to continue to start Vanderbilt, um, and we're going to get him the ball in the corner sooner so that we can run some kind of action off of him uh, seeing the ball in the corner. You know, he gets the ball in the corner and immediately dribbles into some kind of a dribble handoff there at the wing with the Warriors having shuffled around their defense already. Like, maybe that's something that the Lakers do. But uh, whatever it is, I do really think the Lakers are going to have to adjust either tactically or personnel-wise to what Vanderbilt has not done offensively in the series. And they're going to have to do so quickly because we know, again, like I said, in Game 4, the Warriors... It was really weird, and and Stan Van Gundy talked about it. A lot of people noticed it on Twitter. The Warriors played a certain way in the first half, and then Steve Kerr went away from pick and rolls with with Steph at the top of the key. And you know whether that was a conscious decision because that just kind of is who Steve Kerr is uh, as a coach, or if that was because Steph looked like he was getting tired having run all of those pick and rolls. It is Game Six, and he's going to be that much more tired. Uh, because of what has been kind of a long and arduous uh, series for him, um, regardless of the of, of the why, the reality is the, the Warriors ran a whole bunch of pick and roll in the second half. The Lakers had a tough time dealing with it, and then they stopped going with it as much in the second half. And the Lakers, you know, got back into the and, and got back into the game and eventually won it. So, uh, yeah, it, it, the chess match is right there in front of us. We've watched it over the course of this series and. The next move here is going to be interesting, um, both in terms of personnel with the guys that are on the court and their approach to this and, and, and the advantages that they have to exploit, and, and also in terms of these coaches and the uh, buttons that they have to, to, to push to put those guys in situations where they can exploit those advantages. Uh, th- again, I... I cannot possibly wait for this uh, for this game, and the next like you know, depending on when you guys are, are, are listening to this, the next twelve ish hours or so as we wait for this game are going to be arduous. They are going to be painful, and then the minutes leading up to it uh, are are going to be just like downright <laughs> heart in- heart attack inducing. So uh, let's all get through it together. And oh, by the way. Even as we sit here and freak out about the Lakers, you know, playing their next game tonight, uh, <laughs> the, 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 their opponent is sitting there waiting for them. They're going to have at least a day's worth of rest advantage going into this next series. If the Lakers lose this game and find a way to win game seven, you're, you're giving up, you know, a few days rest there. Uh, so, so yeah, like this is, uh, the, the, the Denver Nuggets took care of business in Phoenix, beat the absolute crap out of the Suns um, in a way that like had me kicking myself. I meant to bet on the freaking Nuggets, and I forgot um, because I was running all kinds of errands all over the place. But, but still, yeah, the, 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 the Nuggets look really impressive. Uh, Jokic is playing incredible basketball. Um, I think Phoenix uh, needs more time to gel and I think they they need 
to add more like NBA basketball players to that roster somehow. I don't know how they're going to do that. Um, whether it's trading Aiton, I don't know how much you're going to get back for somebody who uh, has his reputation around the league is how I'll phrase that. Uh, I, you could trade Chris Paul, but Chris Paul at this stage of his career is a pretty diminished asset too. So yeah, like you have Kevin Booker, Devin Booker and you have Kevin Durant. That's a great place to start. But beyond those two guys, as we found out over the course of that series, not much else. And and in these playoffs specifically, you're really seeing depth really matter, right? Denver has depth, and they and they really came at Phoenix in ways when they were playing good basketball. Um, Boston has depth, and when they go on runs, it they can sustain those runs almost no matter who is on the court. Um, the Lakers this year uh, were were able to you know match Memphis's physical playing style. And then are also have also been able to play Golden State's version of basketball in a way that has put them in a position to win tonight's series. And that's because of the amount of depth that they have across their roster. Historically speaking, the, the playoffs are about stars. But this year, whether it's because of the amount of overhaul that we saw from all of these teams, um, for whatever reason that you want to identify, Depth has really mattered, and Denver is super effing deep. So that matchup, um, should the Lakers come out of it tonight, is a fascinating one. It's it's a it's a repeat of the bubble Western Conference playoffs, which, man, do I have thoughts on that too if it comes to that. But, yeah, on top of all the other reasons that the Lakers need to win tonight, and we've been over that ad nauseum here, but uh, on top of all of that, the Lakers, I don't think, can afford to go into Denver for game one of that series with as severe a rest disadvantage as they would have having played a game seven on the road, right? You go game seven on the road and then immediately go and play game one on the road in Denver at altitude against a team that's been sitting there waiting for you for like, you know, the majority of a week. That's that's a difficult spot to, to put yourself in. So on top of everything else, for every other reason that we've already talked about here, the Lakers have to win tonight for a chance at like opening up the, the next series at relative uh, you know rest compared to the team that they're going to be facing. All right, that is going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown Podcast. If you didn't catch all of the content yesterday, uh, obviously, the conversation that Raj and, ha- and, and I had coming off of uh, Game Five <laughs> got a little heated as I as I reacted to the NBA on TNT guys uh, mocking AD for potentially having a concussion, and then you know seeing those talking points echoed on ESPN in the morning really set me off. So I recorded another uh, <laughs> rant as uh, you know in in response to those things and tried to update the situation as i pressed publish on that podcast we come to find out that ad was uh you know quote unquote and reportedly according to chris haynes on track to play in game six so i recorded another episode uh to deliver that news and then uh shortly after that recorded a conversation with brady klotfer of golden state of mind on the series, 
uh, Steph's approach to this, the politeness that we have seen like gradually slip away as the stakes have gotten more and more real. And then also on what happens next for the Warriors, depending on how tonight plays out. So check out that conversation. And then uh, there will not be a Lakers Lounge playback for this one. I am going to be out of town um, and, and not able to record a playback. But the hope is that the Wi-Fi at where I am going is going to be good enough that I can record a, a show right after the game with Raj as usual. So we are still going to have a whole bunch of content to get you guys through this game and, and to talk you through the fallout from it. So until then, and until the next time I talk to you guys, I'm Anthony Irwin saying take a deep breath. You have all day to get ready for this game. I am talking more to myself than to you right now because I'm freaking out. I, yeah, let's just get through it together. Talk to you in a bit.